The Beat Church, bringing you messages of inspiration, hope, and freedom. Turn up the volume and get ready for the truth that will set you free. All right, I'm going to kick this over to Donnie. Donnie's going to come up. I asked Donnie to share because we only let people preach on something that we know they're living. And I was thinking about Father's Day. And, you know, Donnie is an excellent father, an excellent, excellent father. And, uh, you know, he takes care of his kids well. He loves his kids well. He enjoys his kids. He brings them up in the Lord. And the guy's done a great job with a great attitude. And so uh, take some notes. Uh, whatever he's going to share is going to be good because he's not just preaching it. He is living it. He didn't want to come up while Andy was talking. He was like, I don't want to go up there and get my water bottle. Said, it's okay, I'll throw it at you. So happy Father's Day, y'all. Woo! We made it. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'm going to pray real quick, and then we're going to dig into this. So, Father, we just thank you so much for your grace, for your mercies, for your wisdoms. And, God, we just thank you for the dads in this house. God, we thank you for the young ones, the old ones, the ones that are about to be, and and just everybody, God, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. So this message is strictly for every single person in this room. Okay, this isn't going to be one of those, it's Father's Day, so let's only talk about the fathers, and everybody else gets a free pass and checks out and checks the box they went to church. So if you're a teenager in this house, I want you to raise your hand. Okay, this message is for you. Okay, if you're a young man in this house, Raise your hand. There we go. Robert, you are the youngest in all of them. Yes. This is for you. If you are 30s, 40s, 50s, raise your hand. Come on. This is for you. If you're north of 50, raise your hand. Robert. <laughs> this is for you. If you are a young lady in this house, this message is for you. Okay? I'm saying all this because I want you guys to grab hold of what we're going to say today. You know, because there's something about dads that seems to always get overlooked. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of the baby Gen Xer of the, you know, I'm kind of that hybrid born in 1980, end of 1980. So it's, you got that Gen X side, but you're also kind of millennial, but you're not. So if I offend people, I'm not sorry. But I still love you like I would if I was a millennial. Amen. Amen. All right. So anyways, this message is for all the history-loving, dad-joke-telling, cigar-smoking, documentary-loving. How many men like documentaries here? Okay, there we go. All right. High-sock-wearing. Wish we were good at golf playing dads out there. All right? This is for you as well. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the roles of men, the roles that dads play, but before we get into those roles, I want to break down what a dad actually means. So if you know my wife, she's Miss Scientific, has all her slides. I purposefully tried to do more slides than my wife just because. And sometimes there's only like this many words on a slide just so I could beat her. So we're a little competitive in our house. So Webster's Dictionary talks about a father like this. The first one here, it says a man 
in relation to his child or children. So obviously, somebody that was part of the two that tango to have a child, right? So if you have a kid, if you've had a kid born, raise your hand. Okay. Wow, that's a lot of dads in here. So this is for you. Okay, number two. It says, an important figure in the origin and early history of something. Okay, so obviously, if you're a father of the faith, you've been around for a really long time serving Jesus. If you were the father of electricity, you were probably the one that created electricity. If you were the father of many nations, like Abraham, obviously you got a lot of children that are tied to your lineage. Amen? Gosh, that's a lot of kids. Um, Anyways, and then the third one, I just turned my iPad off. Don't do that. There we go. Third one, a man who gives care and protection to someone or some thing. And this is the one we're going to be camping on today. Because this one is the one that impacts every single young man, every man in this room. This is the list that you want to have your name under. This is the list. And women, I love women. I love Mother's Day. Mothers play an important role, one of the most important roles in their life, in all of our lives. But men have an equal portion that they pay, that they play in a role of a kid. You know, there was a, uh, there was a study that went out. I'm trying to remember. I don't remember if I heard it from you, Andy. I heard it from somebody. Anyways, there was um, Mother's Day came around one day, and there was this prison and they thought it was going to be a great idea for all these inmates to write cards to the mothers and so mother's day was coming around all these inmates get in there they're writing all these i love you cards and everything huge 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 success they mail them off father's day comes around same prison goes you know what this was such a great idea let's do this again but for fathers not one card was written So if that tells you something, and it didn't even matter on the race, it was white, black, Asian, Mexican, it didn't matter what the race was, it was the same. So dads play such a huge role in our kids' life, and what's sad to me is Father's Day is one of my favorite, one of my favorite holidays, but did you know it's ranked 21st out of all holidays? It's ranked 21st out of all holidays out there. It goes Christmas, Easter, Mother's Day. Uh, Then there's Veterans Day, Memorial Day, Labor Day, all these other days, Postmaster Day, Take Your Child to Work Day. And then you get down to like 20, I can't even name 21 holidays, but there's 20 in front of it. (laughs) And so we've put this kind of this de-evaluation on fathers, and we got to change that. We got to change that because what's happened is you look at men today And they're afraid of what their wife is thinking. They're afraid of what their wife is going to tell them to do. So we submit out of fear because it's happy wife, happy life. I do the same thing, man. I'm terrified of my wife. Dude, you don't get on the bad side. And Silas will agree, maybe, probably not on camera. But with my wife, she's super loving and everything. But, man, you don't get on her bad side. That's just you don't do it. So, anyways, but what are men? We're going to keep rolling here. So men are protectors. Okay, when I think of protectors in this church, I think of, you know, I think of the Gordons. 
sitting there going up and down the halls, doing security, making sure all the kids are safe. I think of Greg, you know, who's the chief of police. You know, I think of people like that. They're out there serving and protecting and doing all these things. Next one. There's also providers. You know, there's a lot of dads in here that work 50, 60, 70, 80 hours a week. Why? So we can provide for our families. We do it so that our kids have everything they ever want. We do it because we love everybody so much that we're willing to sacrifice even relationship just to provide. Okay, hit the next one. Advice givers. This one's kind of my favorite season right now for us. You know, all of my kids are all, you know, 19, 18, and going to be 16 soon. And so we're out of that toddler stage. This is what happens when you get out of the toddler stage. You just sit on the back porch. You have a cigar. You can't do that yet. So anyways, but I sit on the back porch, and I'll have a cigar. Yes, I love cigars. No big deal. And I'll sit there, and I'll have a cigar. And one by one, my kids always come outside. You know, and they're, Dad, hey, I was thinking of this. What should I do? Dad, I was thinking about this. What should I do? I'm thinking about this career path. What should I do? And it's the coolest feeling in the world having kids come up to you and ask for your advice. I mean, it gives you kind of that sense of entitlement, like, wow, I actually did something right. This is kind of cool. And so hit the next one. And then this one is helpers and servants. So there's a lot of people. When we used to have the church in the school and we had to set up every single day, we had tons of men showing up, stacking chairs, unstacking chairs, setting up worship sound stuff, you know, running wires, setting up kids' classes, doing all this stuff. And we did it, and we do it because we love people. You know, men are usually more the introverted type person where they're the behind the scenes. They're like, I don't want to be up front like Andy is. I don't want to be up on stage like Donnie is. I don't want to be up here like Matt is. But I want to stand in the back and make sure everybody's okay. I want to stay after church and make sure things are cleaned up. I want to come before everybody gets here like Stosh and make sure the whole church is clean before one person steps foot in here. I'll tell you what's crazy, and I'm going to brag on you, Stosh, a little bit. Me and the worship team, we're here at 8.30 every single morning on Sundays. And he's here way before us, and everything's already clean. Which just blows my mind because, I mean, this is a big building. <laughs> we have three churches using this building, and here's Stosh cleaning everything. It's like, holy cow, this is amazing. But I want to have a little fun this morning. Um, before we hit this next slide, there's going to be some faces that come up that you're going to know. And when, when they come up, I want you guys just to give them a round of applause, okay, because they've earned it, they deserve it, and we're just going to have some fun with this. So go ahead and hit that next one. So this is the funny guy. We got Brandon Campbell. He's probably in kids. He's in kids. See, serving, doing stuff. Okay. All right, the next one, Mr. Fix-It. We got Josh, and Josh, just, just for all of you guys, Josh hates it when people applaud him for doing things. So, and, and the thing he hates the most is if you come up and you give him a hug after service. He loves it a lot. Okay, next one. Then we got, speaking of hugs, the best hugger on the planet guy. We've got Gordon. How many people have had hugs from Gordon before? Yeah, you know how that is. Okay, hit the next one. Next one is the car guy. He's what? He's got, see, it takes strep to make Justin not show up. So, 
Gosh, Justin, I hope you're watching this because we hate you now since you're not here. All right, next one. The guitar guy. So Kyle used to be my favorite guitar player, okay? He used to be. And then Ray showed up. And it's, I, I kid you not, like, I'm, I'm looking over there when he's playing up here, and I'm like, it sounds like a cello, and you're playing a guitar. Uh, I, I don't understand. It's amazing. All right, hit the next one. The I can build it guy. So all of that coffee that y'all drink, Stosh built that. All these up here, Stosh built that. He just, he, he's just amazing when it comes to this kind of stuff. And then hit this one. I think this one's my favorite one. Yes. The silent assassin who dominates at every board game and then quietly lets, you, lets it sink in that you lost again, guy. And this is Jim. And so I tell you what, Jim is a very quiet guy, but you get one-on-one -on -one with Jim, he's a lot of fun. And so awesome. I just, so I, had to, I had to, you know, throw you in there. I was like, I was like oh, I really hope Jim's here today because this is going to be a fun one. All right, go ahead and hit the next slide. I don't even know where I am anymore. There we go. All right, so I want to share some examples from the word of what being a father is, okay? And we're going away from the scene, remember? We're going away from the sense of just having natural kids. But this goes into the scene of being a protector, being a provider, taking someone under your wing type person, okay? So 1 Kings 19, 19, it says, So Elijah went up from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat. I think that's how you say it. Uh, he was plowing the with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. And to give you backstory here, just a chapter prior, Elijah's praying, and God tells him, hey, I want you to hook up with Elisha. You're the prophet of today, but guess what? He's the next one that's going to be taking your place. I want you to take him under your wing and teach him and show him all these things so that he can move forward in what I've called him to do. All right, hit the next one. First Timothy, this is Paul in Timothy. First Timothy 1, 1 and 2. It says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, our hope to Timothy, my true son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord. So Paul and Timothy, Timothy was this young man that Paul took under his wing, raised him up. This dude, now this is where the moms and the grandmas come into play. This guy's mom and grandma were pouring into this guy's life, into Timothy's life. They're even, they're even noticed and, and referred to in First and Second Timothy because they had such a dynamic role. But Paul who's running around the world, driving his hoopty, going from Galatia to Ephesus to Rome to all these places, and he takes time to mentor and build this kid up who ends up becoming a pastor. You know, hit the next one. Next one, obviously, is Jesus and his disciples. So Jesus takes these 12 guys who are social outcasts, okay, there are different types of social groups. You've got fishermen, you've got zealots, you've got people that are so enthusiastic and so crazy for, for their beliefs. You've got tax collectors who everybody hated. You've got all these people that are rough around the edges. And can you imagine what some of these 
like little after parties would be like after speaking. You've got these 12 guys who just hate each other, really, and they should not even be in the same room as each other. And Jesus is raising these guys up to the point where they become apostles. They start raising up other people. They start sending people out. And you fast forward to today, because of Jesus and these 12 guys is the very reason we're in this room right now. Because those men set an example of what it is to serve and follow Jesus. And they did it in such an impactful way that the people that were following them did the same exact thing. And then the people following them did the same exact thing. And then the people following them did the same exact thing. They had this this mission on mind of I have to show Jesus to every single person I know. Despite if I'm going to get killed, despite if I'm going to get ridiculed, despite if I'm going to get injured, despite if people are going to laugh me out of a city, I have to share Jesus. And that's what these people were like. That's how the men are, and that's why we're even here today. That's why we show up to church even. That's why we have somebody preaching the word, because somebody preached the word to Andy. Somebody preached the word to Jason. Somebody preached it to Heidi. Somebody preached it to Nicole. Somebody preached it to Carol. Somebody preached it to every person in this room, and we decided to give our lives to Jesus because of it. And that's what's so important. All right, hit that next one. All right, so to all of our kids, you know, if you're a dad and you have kids, okay, we are all these things. We are protector of our kids. You know, there's not one dad in here that I know that if somebody broke into your house, you would just let them go upstairs. You know, I know John Clay, for instance, Mr. MMA over here, if somebody broke into his house, the last thing they would have saw was the door. You know, providers for our families, advice givers, helpers, servants. All right, go to the next one. So we as men, we are in charge of fathering the fatherless. Okay, we had a prime example of that just yesterday. And I've got a verse for you with this here. It says, uh, this is James 127. It says, religion that God our Father accepts is pure and faultless as this, to take our, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. So if you're looking after orphans or you're looking after widows, guess what? You're being a dad. You're being a dad to somebody. You know, some of these kids that were here, I was looking at the pictures because I had to work. I'm looking at the pictures, all these kids fishing. You know, there's Stosh and there's Gordon being a dad to these kids. You know, there was kids in here that were learning how to play guitar and Kyle sitting there showing them how to do stuff. I'm like, dude, what a prime example. Brandon and Alan were taking them. I think you guys were playing soccer or doing something, doing athletic stuff that I can't do anymore. Um, but they're being dads to these kids, you know, and hit the next one. It says, we, are men, we as men are in charge of taking others under our wing and walking out life with them. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. This is the great commission. It says, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples Uh, of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, 
and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I will be with you always to the end of the age. So before we go to that next slide, you know, there's fathers that are in the natural and there's fathers in the spiritual. And what I mean by that is exactly what we've been talking about. If you've had kids, you're a dad in the natural. But when you take people under your wing, when you care for the the fatherless, when you care for people that just need a dad, they just need somebody to ask them questions and answer them. They just need a guy to sit there and even take them out to coffee or go shoot a gun or, or whatever it is. To have a cigar on their back porch. Man, I do that with a lot of people anymore. That's, that's kind of my, if you can't tell. Um, anyways, but there's some things about my kids that I remember. You know, thinking back on Father's Day. Oh, this is always hard to get through with. I started thinking of them. <laughs> so, praying over my daughter in the NICU when she was born. You know, she was early. Amanda went through the same thing. Okay, Adelie wasn't obviously as, as early as, as her baby was, but I remember praying for my daughter. You know, she just comes out. She's not breathing on her own. I stopped the doctors and the nurses. And I said, we're praying right now before you guys do anything. Was that the right idea? Probably not. But all these nurses and doctors look at me and go, oh, my God, he's in charge right now. Okay. So we prayed. We get done. I'm like, all right, get to work. Do your thing. All of a sudden, within the day, she's breathing on her own. All these tubes are gone. Everything starts happening. But it's because I was a dad protecting my kid. Like, you know what? I want to see you live. I want to see this happen. And before I let man do his thing, we're going to let God intervene in this a little bit. And then we're going to let the doctors do their job. So then they got right in. She starts doing her thing. I remember uh, (laughs) we used to play this Nerf game in our house in Spokane where uh, we would turn the lights out in the basement. And we would have, so Adelie would always be on my team. She was only like this tall at the time. And uh, the boys would team up, you know, and here's little Silas and little Samuel. And they're like, I'm going to shoot my dad. I'm going to get him. But so we would purposefully go down in the basement and hide in the dark because we could see the light from the hallway so they were always illuminated, and they never understood that. See, Silas, that's why. Yeah, now it makes sense. So there was a reason why we always won. And Adelie ended up becoming a great shot. She's sitting there popping her brothers and like, ha, 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 I got you. You know, and she's this little itty-bitty thing. And then Silas is always frustrated. Oh, gosh, and to start stomping upstairs. And then, okay, we got to play again. Okay, all right. So then we would switch roles and the boys would be downstairs. And then I would just tell Adelie, Adelie, we just got to wait them out. They're impatient. They're going to leave their spots. They're going to start moving. Then we'll see them and we'll shoot them again. And sure enough, here they come. We would just hide downstairs where they wouldn't see us. They'd walk past us and we'd shoot them in the back. Great stuff. You know, I remember, I remember teaching my boys how to shave. There's all the little things we do, dads. You know, teaching my kids how to ride bikes. Teaching my kids how to drive. And now they're in that stage of life where they're starting to move away now. 
And it's the best thing because it's what's supposed to happen, but it's still hard as a dad <laughs> watching your kids grow up. You know, I've got Silas leaving in August. I've got my younger son, Samuel, talking about moving out in December to start his life. And then I'm looking, I'm like, oh my gosh, I got one kid left in my house. But I'm not excited about it. I'm actually terrified. Because like our whole marriage, just for 20 years, you know, we get married. Three months later, my wife is pregnant. So all we've known is kids. That's all we've known. We don't know what it's like to not have kids. So it's like something that's going to be brand new for us too. You know, being this a totally different role as a parent now. And now we're more of the, you know, call them every now and then. And hey, how you doing? So when Silas moves out, I'm probably going to be hitting you guys up. Some of you older people that have had kids move, because it sucks. <laughs> it's good, but it sucks. You know, and I'm a proud daddy. I put my kids first in every single thing. You know, I put my kids first before ministry stuff. I put my kids first before worship team stuff. I put my kids first before other adults. I put my kids first over every single thing. Why? because I don't want them to feel like they're second to anybody. Now, there are times when I have to meet with people, and there's times that my kids understand that. But my kids know, they know that they know that they know that their dad loves them, and he's going to drop everything if they need him. And that's what we do as dads. As dads, you know, whether of our own kids or with people that, you know, are just under your wing, you take them up under your wing and you father them. You teach them how to read the word. You teach them how to pray. You teach them how to pay their bills. You teach them how to budget their money. You teach them how to live life. And then you got to let them go and do the same thing to somebody else. And then hit that next, uh, hit that next slide. Where are we at? Yes, that is the right slide. Okay. Yes, we as men... We'll learn, we need to learn how to say, I love you to our kids and our wives. This is sometimes hard for men to do because we go, well, I show that I love my kids. I show my wife that I love them because I respect them, because I pay the bills, because I provide, because I protect. But there's something that happens when you actually tell somebody that you love them that they just break down. There's this bond that happens. You know, I remember when my dad was alive, I remember him, he told me I love you twice my whole life. Now, he showed it. He provided, he worked 70, 80 hours a week. I never saw the guy except for baseball practice and baseball games. It's the only time I really saw my dad or some random vacation going fishing next door, you know? And so when we have these people in our life, they've got to know that we love them. My dad, the first time he tells me, we just became Christians, you know, we got saved the same day. And it was a youth camp, youth winter camp, that he was one of the bus drivers taking the kids up. And we get there, and he looks at me, and he goes, Don, I love you. First time hearing that, I was 18 years old. The second time I heard it was at my wedding. And then after that, he went into a coma, and then he was gone. But so it's so important to hear those words 
Because sometimes we just need to remember that. When we look back, we can go, you know what? My dad did love me. My dad did love me. He told me. He showed me. But with wives especially, when we tell our wives or our girlfriends that we love them, it's letting them know that we're not ashamed of them. We're not embarrassed. We don't want to hide our emotions. It's okay to be emotional as a guy. It's okay to share that emotion with somebody because you know what? They should be your best friend. Your wife should be your best friend. She should get the most of your attention because you love them, right? Right. All right, let's hit that last one. So we as men need to put our kids, we already said that one, go to the next one, bud. We as men, there we go. We as men do these things When we as men do these things, oh, there we go. I was just reading it wrong. You're right, buddy. Go ahead and go back. When, see, it pays if I just read the words right. Um, I have that problem on worship team. So uh, it's kind of an inside joke we have. Um, So when we as men do these things, we are fathers to somebody. And now hit the last one. There we go. All right. And we as men are needed to model Jesus to everyone we come in contact with. Everywhere we go as men, you know, if we're working 70 hours a week, guess what? Those people we're working with, we better be showing Jesus. When I'm on the construction site with my guys, I better be showing Jesus. When I have subs that are coming and working, I better be showing Jesus some way, shape, or form. I better be the same guy out there as I am in here. You know, and as men, we can't mask things. We got to be real and we got to be setting the example. We have to set the example. Because when men set the example, now granted women set amazing examples and I'm not, I'm not knocking that one bit. But when men set an example, when men start following Jesus verbally and physically and just saying, you know what, we're going to church, guess what, the whole family shows up. When dad gets saved, 90% of the time, I think that's the stat, 90, 92% of the time, the rest of the family comes with and gets saved. When dad says, you know what, I'm here for you, and means it, the kids are all about it. Now, there's some of you here, and we're going to wrap up with this. There's some of you here that you've had dads in your past that were total jerks. Either they verbally abused you or emotionally, physically, it's happened. And to that, I'm sorry. You know, as a man here, I want to apologize to you for those men that have done that to you. Because maybe they've put this thought in your mind that I cannot trust a man anymore. This sounds great, Donnie, that they're supposed to be loving. They're supposed to protect me. They're supposed to serve me. They're supposed to do this but I can't trust a man because of what they've done to me. And for that, I'm sorry. And I want to ask you boldly to start trusting again. You know, start trusting the men in this church right here. Maybe you're a man in this church and you could say, you know what? I've hurt people. I've done things that I shouldn't have done. Well, today is the day to repent of it and get right with Jesus And start setting the right example. Because when we set the right example in our families, 
when we step up as dads, as fathers, as mentors, that's when things change. You know, I look at my kids and I love them to death. You know, and we didn't do anything super special, super crazy. You know, I mean, we just, we were just real. We told my kids when they were young, we're like, hey, if anything comes up, if you have any questions at all about anything, it doesn't matter where we are. You could just ask us and we have to answer you, which you don't tell to an autistic kid. You can, you can imagine the questions. My, it was funny as it always happened to my wife. Luckily, when she's like in the checkout aisle at a grocery store, just getting oddball Samuel questions is so awesome. <laughs> She'd tell me about it. I'm like, oh, thank God it was you this time. Um, I was like, that's why I don't go anywhere by myself. No, or without it, the kid, with the kids. But no, anyways, but no, I say that because, you know, our kids grew up knowing, okay, I can trust my parents with this. I can talk about things. And we started them from little. And we showed them that they're important to us. You know, we showed them, we're like, you know, they're like, oh, there's another church meeting. You got to go to it. Oh, you got to go lead worship. Oh, you got to go lead youth group. Well, guess what? When we, led, when we led youth group in Spokane, we took our kids with, even though they were little. They were kind of like the team mascots. You know, you look at Kyle. Kyle's a prime example of this. Everywhere that Kyle and Jenna go with their kids, doing ministry stuff, doing whatever, guess what? The kids are right there. And that's what we got to do as, as adults, as, as men, is we've got to set the example for our kids. We got to set the example for the people that are, we're mentoring and everything. And I said the last thing, but this is the last thing, I promise. One of my old pastors had this saying in Spokane. He, uh, what he said was, There's, there should always be three people in your life, men-wise. There should always be somebody that's mentoring you. There should always be somebody that's your peer on your level that you can have normal conversations with. And there should be somebody that you're mentoring. And having that kind of, that kind of a setup, you know, knowing if I have hard questions, I can go to somebody. You know, if I have hard questions, I know I can go to Andy. I know I can go to Josh. I know I can go to these people. You know, when I'm looking at people that are like me, you know, I look at Jason. I look at Jesse. You know, I look at people that I've known for a long time that were on the same level. But that I know that I've got to raise people up. And this, for me, this is where I have a hard time. And this is where, you know, anytime you speak on a subject, there's always something in there that you've got to work on yourself. But the part for me is really helping raise people up underneath. You know, so that's the thing I want to challenge you guys with. That's what I'm working on. And I want to challenge you guys with that. You know, who is, who's above you that you can ask questions to? Who is next to you and who are you raising up? So, anyways, we're done. Amen. All right. <laughs> All right. Wow, Donnie, that's so amazing. So, um, I'm just going to close it out with a quick prayer. So, everyone, let's just bow ahead for an amazing day, amazing afternoon, amazing morning. You know, worship it throughout this whole morning was so powerful not just for the fathers but for every single one of us because we all do have a father a father in heaven who is waiting for every single one of us so heavenly father just you know thank you for uh just this amazing uh morning allowing you to speak into 
every single one of us you know speaking to the words that we need not what we want you know with the ears and the eyes that we have today for you heavenly father just the reason why we have two eyes and two ears and one mouth so we could absorb four times more information from you heavenly father so just thank you again thank you again for just allowing us to be inside this holy environment to allow us just to you know hear your words do donnie and heavenly father just give every single one of the individual has who has come here to the beat today you know allow them to have a amazing week amazing time with their father now, even though if they don't have fathers in their life you know heavenly father they got you and they got friends and family who could help them to be a step closer to you heavenly father so i just want to say thank you thank you amen all right let's go back there and enjoy some time with each other if you guys could go ahead out back there there's going to be some snacks out there in the uh, back over there by the uh, room. So, thank you guys. <laughs> Love you. Staring into your eyes makes my heart come alive. Suddenly brought to life when I met you. the next step and visit www.thebeatchurch.com and get connected with a community committed to applying these truths in their everyday lives. You can also give now to support our messages by visiting www.thebeatchurch.com give.